Welcome everyone to the IASP 2019 podcast. That's the International Association for Suicide Prevention here in Derry. Uh, it's a four-day conference and I'm here with Professor Rory O'Connor, who's one of the co-chairs. Hi Rory, how are you doing? Hi Andre, great to have you here and um, we're really excited for the next four days where we'll hopefully learn a lot about what's going on nationally and internationally in suicide prevention, but crucially, crucially, help people who are most vulnerable. So you've got more than 800 people at this conference. Who's here? So well, we get 855 to be precise um, from 57 countries. It's the largest conference that Derry has ever hosted, first of all. And secondly, it has, it's the largest conference that YASP has ever hosted in terms of our world congresses. So we're absolutely delighted that so many people have traveled from these 57 countries to be with us. But what's pretty unique about the YASP World Congress is it's not just academics. It's academics, certainly, yes, but it's academics plus many, many, many others. We've got people with lived experience, we've got policymakers, we've got clinicians, we've got crisis workers, we've got people who've lost loved ones to suicide. So what we're trying to do uniquely, so if you look at the mission of the International Association for Suicide Prevention, which this conference is organised under the auspices of, so what we're trying to do is work together to prevent suicide. No one of us has all the answers. And the only way we will challenge this major, major uh, public health concern of, of reducing the at least 800,000 suicides across the globe is by working together. And that's part of the mission of our organization as well as the, the strap line for World Suicide Prevention Day. So I know that when we look at our program, we have a really exciting program of not just keynote speakers. We've got um, almost 30 keynote speakers. We've got panel discussions. We're really interested with four panels in particular we're running, that's a sort of an innovation this year for the Congress, which runs every two years, is we've got a panel discussion on Northern Ireland in the context of suicide prevention in Northern Ireland, and obviously that's particularly pertinent given that we're in Derry here. But it's more important, not just because we're in Derry, but because in Northern Ireland the suicide rate is the highest in the whole of the UK now. And I'm Irish and I used to live here, and 20 years ago, when I first did my research here, we weren't, the suicide rate in Northern Ireland wasn't the highest. And sadly, one of the negative peace dividends post-troubles has been the suicide rate has increased. And indeed, even if we just look at absolute numbers, when I was living here, it was about 150 people would die by suicide each year, which is obviously 150 deaths too many, but it's now over 300. So really, it doesn't matter how you do your statistics, that's a marked increase. So we'll be talking about that, understanding the challenges around suicide prevention in Northern Ireland and elsewhere. We've got a lived experience panel, which is specifically people who have been suicidal themselves, and many of the uh, panel members will have personal experience of attempting suicide, and their messages hopefully of recovery, how we can learn from each other. And then we've got a postvention panel, and a postvention panel is again made up of people of lived experience, people who've sadly lost loved ones to suicide. And, and if we look nationally and internationally, some of the most incredible work that we do and we come across in terms of suicide prevention is from people who have lost loved ones to suicide and their passion and their energy. And what we'll try and do, it's working together, is harness their energy, harness their passion so we can move the field forward. And then the fourth panel is on national suicide prevention strategies. And actually, as we heard from the World Health Organization today, in the opening ceremony, Alexander Fleshman, who's is a key key player in the World Health Organization was specific responsible for suicide prevention. What she really highlighted today was, although we have made advances, which are great, 
and there are more and more countries, I think it's 38, if my memory is correct, 38 countries around the globe now have national suicide prevention strategies. That means it's still, yeah, that's progressed in the last 10 or 15 years, but there are still countless countries. If you think about the fact that there's 57 countries represented in this conference, 57 countries represented, but if you look across the globe, 38 countries have national suicide prevention strategies. So that would suggest, on average, I would I would, I mean, I don't know for certain, but about half of the people here, their countries do not have suicide prevention strategies. And if we look, so we really need to look at that. So we'll be talking about all levels of suicide prevention, national strategies, working locally, working uh, internationally, as well as really this collaborative working about understanding the complexity around suicide risk. So I'll talk about some of the latest research that I've been doing on the psychology of suicide and understanding so on the ground, the transition from thinking about suicide to attempting suicide. Uh, and then I'll be talking about that tomorrow. And then others will be addressing all levels. We'll have biological experts and genetic experts. We'll have people looking at the social context. And I'm really, really delighted we've got um, a culture and suicide keynote address this, this year. And that's really recognising that suicide does not happen in a vacuum. And then suicide, for to understand suicide, we have to understand it at the level of culture, the level of community, and the social context. And we also know in almost every country in the world now that uh, suicide is strongly associated with social disadvantage. So what, if governments really are serious about tackling suicide, how they work cross-governmentally to tackle social inequality, social disadvantage, is absolutely key. And if you then obviously you have to deal with mental health problems and mental illness, because we know there's a strong association. So I'm really excited because we are covering at this conference all levels. There's something for everybody. And we hear all the time that suicide is a complex problem and that we know very little about it, or we need to learn a lot more about it, and that we know very little about what can help reduce suicide levels. Um, Professor um, Siobhan O'Neill tweeted earlier, a very positive tweet at the beginning of the conference, we need to implement what we know, we need to get this knowledge into practice. So which is true? Do we, do we have kind of interventions and solutions that we can just roll out or are we still looking for those? I think both are true, <laughs> which is obviously not a satisfactory response. There's definitely an implementation gap. So we definitely know that there are certain, for example, I'm a psychologist, there are certain psychological treatments, there are psychological interventions we know reduce risk of suicidal behavior. The implementation gap is, are the most vulnerable getting access to those services when they need those services or those interventions? And the short answer is no, they're not. So yes, there's definitely evidence and we need to work more in the implementation gap. And having said that, if we think of, look at prediction of suicide, and um, I've been working in this field for 20 plus years, and definitely we've, we've advanced our understanding, with a more nuanced understanding of the complexity around suicide. But having said that, the stark reality is that we're no better than the flipping of a coin, the tossing of a coin in predicting suicide. So then there's a question which I imagine will be addressed at this conference, is, is that the right question to be asked? Is it that we should be, we should be trying to predict suicide? That sounds like a laudable um, endeavor, but it's a challenging endeavor because although every suicide is a tragedy, it's statistically a rare event. So to predict rare events is really, really difficult. So I suppose there'll be a lot of discussion around mitigating risk. So if we identify those people who are most vulnerable, how can we keep them safer? If you look in risk assessment, uh, risk assessment protocols, we know that most people 
you're in contact with clinical services, they would be deemed as low risk, those who go on to end their own life, sadly. So what we need to be careful of is, yeah, recognise that risk assessments have a place, but we need to move beyond risk assessment to say, well, actually, if I'm, if I'm working with somebody who's vulnerable, what are the best strategies to, to help that person keep them safe? So that's a part empowering and supporting people, but working at all levels, we all have responsibility. So governments have the responsibility to ensure those services are available. But one of the big questions we continually get asked, and I continually ask myself is, yes, we've been making huge advances. And we definitely um, understand the psychology, and we understand the psychosocial interventions, which may be helpful, but we don't know whether they work for men. And that's really concerning if you accept the fact that in the United Kingdom, Three quarters of all suicides are male. And, and we still, we just don't know that stark reality, the answer to that stark question. And that's because the research evidence is largely based on randomized clinical trials, of course. And, and most of the people who take part in those trials are more likely to be women than men. So we don't know that answer to that basic question. <clears throat> so what I'm hoping we'll learn today and tomorrow and the next three or four days is new approaches. So how do we harness new technology? So new technology, um, doesn't matter if you talk about social media, whatever form of internet access we have, right? We have to harness that more. And there's been, there's, we have a keynote address on new technologies and internet interventions. So I'm really excited to see what that brings and moving beyond the sort of standard approaches, looking at innovative approaches, looking at how, what we can tell from what people do on their telephones, on their mobile phones can help them understand risk, their own risk, as well as in using that as a way of obviously developing interventions and delivering interventions. So there's lots going on at that level, which I'm pretty excited about. But at a strategic level, although I'm, I'm optimistic that we are making progress, we, it's still not getting the priority. Suicide prevention still does not get the priority that it requires, both in terms of governments prioritizing it and actually putting their money where their mouth is, but in addition to that, it's recognised, well, actually, if we were to um, prioritise suicide prevention, we would really, really would tackle these gross inequalities, which are driving, sadly, so many suicides in our countries. It's quite overwhelming sometimes when you come to a conference like this as a delegate, because there's so many clever people in the room and so much excitement about what we can do to improve <clears throat> lives. What would you, what would you wish these delegates to go away with in their minds? That's a great question, Andre. Um, I suppose the first thing that comes into my head is a very, very low level expectation and recognition is that people leave the conference with a better understanding of the human face of suicide. Because behind every statistic, we will come across countless statistics over the next few days and they're important, but it's getting behind those statistics. So I'm hoping first and foremost that we all have a better understanding of that human face. Now, the people who come to these conferences are incredibly compassionate, they're incredibly insightful, and they're bringing all this wealth of experience. So for me, it's, so, so I, I, I don't think that at the end of this conference, some people will become more compassionate because they really are compassionate. But I think it's just recognizing we sometimes forget about the person behind the statistics. And, and that's vital. So I'm hoping that's um, my, one of my aspirations. But I also, when I go to conferences, I always hope that I'll learn one thing which stays with me. And I don't have any more, if I learn one key thing which I can then think, actually, I could do a study on that, or I could implement that back at home, or I could 
that would inform my thinking. So if everybody, if every single delegate left with at least one nugget, so one nugget that either challenged their thinking around suicide and its prevention, or helped them implement something back at home to help save a life, my God, that would be an incredible achievement. Thank mm -hmm. you.